Well, let me tell you who Jesus is. He's the rock of all ages. Oh, he's the Alpha and the Omega. tonight and I would like to for a few moments preach to you a message that ties in with what's happening here this outpouring of the Holy Ghost God's actually rocking the foundations of hell on the coast of Florida he's rocking the foundations of hell Hungry people thirsting after that satisfying portion. Back to uh, we sing that old song. I'm satisfied. How many are satisfied? Well, he said it wouldn't be my comfort, and he said it would be my God. Well, I've been baptized in Jesus' name, spoke in tongues when the Holy Ghost came. Ever since that wonderful day, 
soul's been sad. Now I wanna I wanna take a little survey. How many remember that song? Oh, there's about fifty of us. Well, I'm satisfied, and I'm satisfied. Well, he said he would be my comfort, and he said he would be my God. Oh, I've been baptized in Jesus' name, spoken tongues when the Holy Ghost came. Amen. If you would turn in your Bibles uh, on this wonderful evening of praise and worship to God, to the 14th chapter of Genesis, book of beginnings, and I'd like for you to notice, if you would, verse 14 of chapter 14. When Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. And he divided himself against them, he and his servants, by night, smote them, pursued them, and Jehovah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods, and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods, and the women also and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Chedorlaomer and of the kings that were with him at the valley of Shavah, which is the king's dale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. How many know our God is the possessor of heaven and earth? Mm -hmm. Blessed be the most high God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand, and he gave him tithes of all. He gave him tithes of all. Hallelujah. And uh, I want to preach for a few moments tonight on a subject that is threaded down through all of the thousand years of the history of Scripture. It follows a, a thread, a design of truth that is so powerful. It connects the dots of time itself 
with the truth proclaimed by the patriarchs and the prophets. I want to preach on this subject, the children of Jerusalem. The children of Jerusalem. And I want you to remember that Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. He was the priest of the Most High God. He blessed the Lord. Abraham blessed him. He blessed Abraham, and Abraham paid tithes unto him. And uh, the children of Jerusalem. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. When you drive up and tall this beautiful campus here at Emerson Road, I happened to have been here a few decades ago when church was in the old building, taught a church growth seminar, and uh, I remember those days, and to see what the Lord has done is just magnificent. And uh, obviously, it's just heating up and getting bigger and better and stronger. Amen. And so, when you come up into this campus now and, and uh, you come in, you, uh, you remark at the beautiful facility and thank God for it because it was by His uh, very wonderful compassion and kindness that He bestowed these things upon us as he does so often. He, his, his kindness is immeasurable. The love of God shown to people that love him is immeasurable. And it will just get better and bigger and greater. And so, when you come up, you, you think, well, this is uh, wonderful that the church is here and so forth. And, uh, and so, it's to some people that don't know anything about the church or pass by the building on the roads that... It sits on, they do not understand that um, the church and its message has been here for thousands of years. They don't understand that. They ju- it just pops into their vision and say, oh, there's a church here. And, and, and some are coming in and finding this glorious salvation that transforms their life. And they think it's all just happening right here and now when in fact this is the product of millennia of things that have transpired by the hand of God. And so when you look at the scripture and, and you see this scene in which a, uh, a man who temporarily had the Spirit of God in him called the King of Salem, which is the King of Peace, later became known that spot as the King of Jerusalem, that you commonly know as Jerusalem, that President Donald Trump decided to mention it as the capital of Israel. And uh, what a powerful scriptural fulfillment that was. And it became, of course, even more visible to the world in its headlines. And it means the city of extended peace. Because in the mind of God, the purposes of God and His saving power is not just for a moment to relieve you of your misery that you have incurred through sin and iniquity. 
but it is an ongoing gusher and a well that springs up within you even into eternal life. Hallelujah. It is the city of extended peace. And if you think you've found peace now, just hang around this thing a little bit longer and you'll have a peace that passes all understanding. Mm. So it's not just a building and it's not just a group of people. Uh, it, it is a part uh, of a theme, a thematic concept in the mind of God that he actually scattered across the ages. And, and here you see bits and pieces of it. You see tithes being paid. You see a man kneeling before another man. And you see a priesthood being established as a precedent for the priesthood of Jesus Christ, who was, of course, manifested God, and who we pay tithes to today, and who we bow down to today. Hallelujah. Who we honor today. This is the church that was actually described back in those early days of history. Uh, when that man, mysterious as he was, created the precedent for our Lord, our Jesus, our high priest, our King of Salem, our Prince of Salem, our God eternal, our Savior and Redeemer. And so you, you begin to look at the scriptures and, and realize that, that God has this robust church that, that can't be confined or, or restricted because it's a part of a bigger picture. Let me tell you about something that we just uncovered in the last few months uh, going through archives from uh, my grandfather and father and my uncles. Uh, we found a pamphlet entitled The Church of the East Founded by the Wise Men. And it was when the wise men of Scripture that we think about at Christmas time that came with their gifts uh, for this amazing child, we find out that by the research of ancient scholars, these men had heard before they ever followed that star into Jerusalem, before they ever started that, that the trek that following that star would lead them to that point of destiny, uh, they had heard that there was a Savior of men coming into the world. And they had already realized that this must be Him. That's why. And it wasn't three wise men. There were many wise men. And they weren't just wise men. They were kings. Some of them had huge kingdoms. And they had large entourages that followed them. And they came to see this child that was born. And when they had completed that circuit of journey, and uh, they, of course, ended up mocking uh, the king that wanted to destroy the baby, they went back to the east, the Bible says, which would have been China and India and even Japan. They went back to the Orient, as the song says, uh, we three kings of Orient are. And it, they went back to the Orient, and, and they actually gave orders to their scribes and the writers of their parchments and their record keepers to keep track of this child. And they did. They followed him. 
They had people in Jerusalem. They had people in Nazareth. They had people in Galilee that followed his miracles. And they began to hear about these rumors and, and, and these whisperings about that there was coming a time when he was going to open the windows of heaven and pour out his power upon people. And they heard that and they decided they would send representatives. Even some of themselves came to Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. And there they were among the 3,000 added to the church. They too were filled with the Holy Ghost. There were wise men there that got the Holy Ghost that came to visit Jesus after he was born. The scholars, the Syrian scholars that followed that uh, research thread and they, they tracked it down. And uh, they found that these wise men at the day of Pentecost went back to China and India and uh, began to spread the news to testify they built churches, and by the time the Apostle Thomas got to India in A.D. 50, he found 19 churches with bishops established and hundreds and thousands of people that were apostolic, just like you and I are today. So when our missionaries began to send back reports in the early 20th century about finding Many, many, many large groups of apostolics in China and India. And they, they reported this back. People were puzzled. We were sending missionaries there. They get over there and found people that believed the very same thing that they believed and couldn't figure out how it got there. It was the church started by the wise men. You see, God's doing things in this world we know nothing about. While we're rejoicing over 30 people being filled with the Holy Ghost uh, in those prayer meetings and Bible studies, some of them underground in China and India, the Holy Ghost is being poured out in copious showers of blessing that cannot be contained or stopped or stifled. People that were in my grandfather's baptismal services in 1915 and 16, somewhere close to 400 people today, number close to 2 million people around the world. They're, we found out recently they're in South America by the thousands. Uh, they're all over Europe. Uh, some of them are in America. Uh, some of them are migrating to other places. They are expanding like a marching army. They didn't have... Uh, the backing support of organizations. They didn't have the finances to support them. But what they did have was the God of heaven, the possessor of heaven and earth and all of those resources behind them. And friend, when you've got that going, you might start out on a storefront, but the storefront won't hold you. You might get another building, but the other building won't hold you. You might build a large edifice, but the large edifice won't hold you. So you begin to read these statements in, in the scripture and you, you, you hear about Jerusalem here and Jerusalem there. And, and in the book of Galatians is one of the uh, most powerful references uh, to Jerusalem. A lot of people don't understand what this means in Galatians 4. 
And it simply said, but Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. What that statement means is that Jerusalem is the mother of all of this. And, and the heavenly Jerusalem is the source from which all life comes. When you're born of your mother, it is a supernatural event. I'm talking to people today, and you have neighbors and co-workers and acquaintances that are struggling with depression that are the result of dark projectiles hurled at them from the world of darkness by the prince of darkness. And they sit around and bemoan their lot in life and they think they're all alone, no one loves them, and they're cut off from everything. They don't realize that they are a living, walking miracle, supernaturally birthed at their natural birth by the breath of God. Modern science and medicine can't replicate it, can't figure it out. Nobody knows how life is formed in the womb, but we are the product of a miraculous, supernatural touch of God. You are a miracle. I'm challenging you right here and right now. Young people, older people, don't you dare let that propagandist from Hades that reprobated fallen angel come into your mind and whisper and sow those seeds of darkness and disbelief about yourself. You are born from God. When you took that first breath of life, you were born of God. So when Jesus said, when Jesus said, go tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power, from on high. He's talking about another birth now. He's talking about another incredible experience. And this is what the world doesn't understand. They don't understand that you have to go to Jerusalem if you're going to follow through on your commitment and your claim on Jesus Christ and His ministry. You can't stop at the cross. You can't stop at the grave. You can't stop at Gethsemane. You can't stop with his teachings. You can't stop when you just say you want to stop. You can't stop when the theology of the denominational church you go to says stop. You've got to go to Jerusalem and be a do with power from on high. Hallelujah. You've got to go to Jerusalem. You've got to get to Jerusalem. You've got to go there. It's, it's a, a matter of life and death. It is the power of God manifested into this world. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Hallelujah. The miracle of the birth of Jesus Christ brought the supernatural message into the world. Before that, everything was natural. There was no supernatural. But when He came, the supernatural came into existence. Hallelujah. And to as many as received Him, to them gave He power 
to become the sons of God. So you get a hold of the name of Jesus and the oneness of God and the fact that he is God as creator. He is son in redemption. He is the Holy Ghost in regeneration. You've got a hold of a powerful infusion of heaven. church preaches the message of Jerusalem. Now let me, let me explain something to you. I know that you all have been to other churches prior to coming here and maybe you visit churches when you go to relatives special occasions and uh, you go there and the, the, the ministers read their messages, and it's a religious speech of sorts. There's not much feeling, and, and they just get up and they speak words like any other speaker would speak. There's no anointing, there's no conviction, there's no undercurrent of power. It's just, it's, you just listen to somebody talk about religious things. And yet, when you come into this place, these preachers and these singers are anointed. There's a difference. We've been to Jerusalem. You bunch of drunks. I saw you on your feet tonight. What meaneth this? These men are not drunk as you suppose. Sydney's about the third hour of the day. What meaneth this? What, what, what are they doing? What, mean, what meaneth this? What meaneth this? What, what, what are they doing? These are not drunken as you suppose. Seems about the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last day, saying, God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. You are the children of Jerusalem. You read the events of Jerusalem. You went to the Acts of the apostles, the acts, the events of the apostles, uh, the supernatural goings on uh, on the day of Pentecost and you saw what God did uh, and you were tired of your dead religious experience uh, you were tired of worn out traditions uh, and you said plug me in to that outlet of fire and life and virtue So the psalmist comes along. This is what the psalmist said. Now this is powerful. His foundation, God's foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all of those dwelling places of Jacob. This is what he loves. This is where Melchizedek, this is where Abram, this is where the ties, this is where the worship all began. God loves this spot. He loves this Zion, this Jerusalem. Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. It was said that in that city there would be a fountain opened up. Hallelujah to the house of David. It was said of that city that God would make himself known. And glorious things are spoken of thee. I will make mention 
of Rahab and Babylon to them that know thee. And of Zion it shall be said, This and that man was born in her, and the highest himself shall establish her. The Lord shall count when he writeth up the people that this man was born there. And when those books in heaven are open, when you stand before God and the Lamb's book of life is open, it will say, this man, this woman was born in Jerusalem. I'm sorry, Mr. Presbyterian. I'm sorry, Mr. Baptist. I'm sorry, Mr. Episcopalian. I'm sorry. You've got to go to Jerusalem. I'm sorry, religious traditionalists. You've got to go to Jerusalem. I'm sorry, hardcore religious zealot. You've got to go to Jerusalem. You've got to go to Jerusalem. When Sister Thomas and I were preaching, Sister Urshan and I were preaching in Emerald, Texas about two months ago. And we were there for a, a Sunday and great, we had a tremendous outpouring of the Spirit of God. And the pastor got up that morning and told us something that was astounding. It was a book of Acts kind of miracle. He said, I've just received a call from a man who I worked with 29 years ago in Office Depot and said he was beginning religious studies at the time and said he is now today a theologian with a, a church associated with the Church of Christ. He pastors in Clarendon, Texas. He called me and he said, uh, his name was Nathan, the pastor's name was Nathan. He said, Nathan, he said, that conversation we had 29 years ago he said, you told me then that you were not living for God. And Nathan Carrington was the son of an apostolic preacher who had backslid. And he witnessed to this hungry-hearted man who was starting religious studies that worked with him at Office Depot. The man took what he said, studied it out for the next three decades. Finally, it hit him. He said, a few months ago, I was studying, and he said, it just hit me like a burst of fire, a flame poured out of my Bible. He said, I see it. Jesus is the only God. Jesus is the one God. Jesus is the name by which you say, I see it. I see it. I see it. He said, at that moment, something came over me, and I began to tremble and shake. He said, fire shot through my body. And he said, I began to praise God. It turned into an expression that I now know was speaking with tongues. And he said, God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. He is now a theologian, Dr. Leonard Holt. And Pastor Carrington told us that Sunday morning we were there. He said, Dr. Holt's coming tonight to be baptized in Jesus' name. That was the phone call he got from Dr. Holt. That morning after the service, 
Dr. Hulk called and said, my car broke down. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get there or not. But he said, I've got to get there. I can't let this day go by without being baptized in Jesus' name. He got to calling and working and got a, another ride to the church. Got there. We saw him baptized in Jesus' name. And he came out of that water speaking in tongues again, shouting, glorifying, praising God. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Don't sit there on your fence of indecision and in your valley of indecision. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of indecision. Hallelujah. Get off the fence. Go to Jerusalem. Open up your being and let God fill you with His mighty power and presence. Hallelujah. Listen to this. Of Zion it shall be said, this and that man was born in her. The highest himself shall establish her. God establish that place that you've got to go. You've got to go to Jerusalem, child. You've got to go to Jerusalem. Let me tell you something about you Pentecostal people. And, and some of us that have been in the church for years, we need to understand this. God doesn't look at us like we're senior citizens. We're children of God. Our brain power never elevates us up to being a scholar with God or some advanced adult with God or, or some kind of advancing uh, uh, education and, and understanding with God. We're just children with the most brightest minds and the greatest gift of revelation. We're still children of God. Hallelujah. And he wants his children to praise him. And he wants his children to worship him. Don't go and get sophisticated on God. Don't get stiff with God. Do not go back with God and get uppity with God. Let go and let God have his mighty way. Listen to this. The Lord shall count when he writeth up the people. This man was born there. Ellis Myers, God filled you with the Holy Ghost. Baptized in Jesus' name as a young man. Now, your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I established that place where you got saved. Now, you are recorded as among the, the bride of Christ. You are among those, the children of Jerusalem, the children of God that are coming into the heavenly Jerusalem. I said coming into the heavenly Jerusalem. Hallelujah. You see, there's a reason why he wanted the Holy Ghost outpouring in Jerusalem because he was going to build a heavenly Jerusalem and that heavenly Jerusalem was going to be for strictly worshipers and praisers and singers and shouters and demonstrative folks that yield to the Holy Ghost. That doesn't mean you have a less IQ or you're less dignified. That just means you're a child that lets the power of God be overflowed in you and the joy of the Lord becomes your strength and your satisfaction. Hallelujah. 
the Lord shall count when he writes up the people that this man was born there as well as the singers, as the players on instruments shall be there. All my springs are in thee. You have any idea what that means? I want our musicians to come back. Come on, musicians, wherever you're at. All my springs are in these players of instruments and singers. I'm just not going to write your name in the Lamb's book of life. I'm not just going to establish you in my truth. I'm going to set you on fire. Shakapataya. With springs of living water. Because he that believeth on me. As the scripture has said. Out of his belly. Let me tell you something. See, here's the problem. We don't believe on Him as the Scripture has said. We, we don't believe on Him as the Scripture has said. We believe on Him as what we say the Scripture says. Well, I don't, I, I, Pastor Myers, you've got to understand, I, I, I'm, I'm a reserved person. Are you going to be a reserved person when the trumpet sounds? Huh? You're going to be reserved then? You're going to be all stifled and stiff and shut up and starchy? I don't think so. Were those people on the day of Pentecost like that? They were shaking and quaking oh, and jumping. Hallelujah and twirling and whirling. Hallelujah. The wind is blowing Woo. again. Come on. Just like the day of Pentecost. The wind is blowing again.
after service after service. Hallelujah. That's because God is looking for people that hunger after Him. I want you to get out of where you're standing right now. If you are hungry for that brighter, glorious That's where we're at. That's where we're at. 
the whole scheme of time. You see, when that trumpet sounds, the Holy Ghost, which is in you, it, it's, it's like it has engines. And right now, it's just kind of moving your body around. Man, I like the Holy Ghost I feel. Woo! Shouting, singing, anointing, dancing fingers, hallelujah! Elevated voices, hallelujah! Peace that passes understanding. struggling with the commitment to live for God. Don't you dare leave this place tonight without putting that into motion. Go to Jerusalem. The blood, the redemptive blood, was not in effect until the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah! When the name of Jesus was proclaimed as the fountain for the blood. Hallelujah! For the remission of sins. Oh, the blood. Woo! Hallelujah. Right now, it's all over you. It's the keeping blood. you alive. Oh, and when Jesus. that trumpet sounds, it's going to, that same spirit that oh, raised Christ from the dead, it's going to raise your body. Jesus. Those of you that have received the Holy Ghost recently, you have no idea. What an amazing favor was done to you by these people of this church that told you about this power with God. Oh, Jesus.
this in. I want you to raise your hands before we leave here tonight. I want you to raise your hands. And I want to let those springs, those springs, in Psalms 87, I want those springs that he put inside of you. Hallelujah. Shall be in you. Well, loving water. Hallelujah. Be consumed. What's the blood? Say, be consumed by the fire for all.